0: How we're protected, you know. Everybody's talking about Ivan. Amen. Every news channel is talking about Ivan. Hallelujah. Did you know that there's a hurricane coming, Kevin? I didn't figure he did. I mean, I'm like, he. I thought, you know, he sang songs that went right with my sermon, and I thought, I bet he never even turned the TV on. I bet he didn't know a hurricane was coming. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, Hallelujah. I want to talk about how we're safe tonight. Hallelujah. I want us to build our faith. I know even in just preparing uh, this, because this is how the Lord led me, it led me, it just built my faith up. You know, I just, you know, I got, m- because you can just listen to that so much before it starts to really affect you. And you know, everywhere you go, you hear, you hear fear. Amen. And uh, so uh, tonight we'll, we'll just get ourselves girded. In, uh, in how safe we are in Jesus. Amen. And, and, and we'll find out what makes us safe and so forth. So let's pray tonight. Father, thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord God, that you direct my heart and my steps and my thoughts in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that, uh, that we're moved. We're not moved by what we see, we're not moved by what we hear. We're just moved by the Word of God, Lord. And Lord, so we put our trust in you, we walk by faith. We trust you, Lord God. We trust you. Yes. And Lord, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I used to be very fearful of thunderstorms. So I, I know what I'm talking about here, folks. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I was a very fearful person before we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. So much that I'd let it become a stronghold in my life. And, uh, and, and God delivered me from that. And so I want to talk to you tonight because you can't just say, well, we don't have to fear. No, you've got to base it on something. You've got to put this and base this on something of why we don't fear. There's got to be a basis for not fearing. You can't just... Or, uh, I know uh, last night we heard someone down at Gulf Shores, They the, the news media was interviewing, and there was a kind of an elderly lady, not real old, but, you know, she was the grandma of a bunch of people there at the family reunion, and she said... And they said, are you worried about this? She said, not really. Whatever's going to happen will happen. And we, you know, so some people are like, well, you know, no, they're not worrying, but they're just what will be will be, you know, and nearly cynical. And, you know, is how she sounded to me. And uh, so we don't want to be that. And then on the other hand, we got to, so we've got to base our faith. We've got to base what we believe. We've got to base our security on something uh, that's sure. And so we'll look at that tonight. First, I want to turn to John 10.10. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word of God's precious, isn't it? And I just want to say this. Uh, I don't care what you hear or uh, or what the news media says or even what your insurance company's talking. This hurricane is not an act of God. It is not an act of God. Hallelujah. And you may hear things like that. uh, And, uh, you know, uh, it's just nothing can be further from the truth. And we can know that just from one scripture. If there was no other scriptures in the Bible, we can know according to John 10.10. It says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And so that's just our test that we put on anything. If we need to know about something. Did this come from God? We just put the John 10, 10, test on it. And if it kills, and we know that this hurricane's already killed 60 something people, hadn't it? And, uh, uh, if it steals and we know it's stolen a lot of property, I'm sure it stole property where people didn't have insurance. Aren't y'all? I, I just wonder if in Jamaica and, and Granada and places like that, if they even had insurance, you know, or if they're just suffering the loss. And so we know it's, uh, it's killed, it's stealed, it's stolen. I'm sorry. And it has destroyed. Hallelujah. We know it's destroyed. So right there, it tells us right now, this is not an act of God. This is the thief. Hallelujah. This is the thief. And, uh, of course, God's not allowing it. And... Uh, God's doing everything he can to stop the hurricane. Now, a lot of people have this misconception about God that he's just up in heaven, and if he would just snap his fingers, he could just stop anything. But that's not how God set in operation the universe. The, 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 he set laws into motion. There are laws in, the mo- in motion. There's the, for instance, there's the law of gravity. And God doesn't just suspend the law of gravity, Did you know if he suspended the law of gravity for you that he would probably kill other people trying to suspend the law of gravity for you? Like, for instance, if there's somebody on top of a tall building, the Sears Tower or something, and they're fixing to jump, and he would say, Well, you know, I really love these people, and they're one of my favorites. And, you know, Richie doesn't have favorites, but just say he said that. And I'm going to suspend the law of gravity right here. Right here, where's the Sears Tower in Chicago, I think, I'm not sure. But anyway, not very well traveled. But anyway, if he was to suspend that gravity right there over the Sears Tower, no telling what, it would throw out a kilter. And other people would be destroyed because you're crazy and you got up on the Sears Tower and are thinking about jumping anyway. And so um, God does not suspend the laws that he has set into motion. And whether he say, so yeah, but he could send angels and stuff. He does do that, but he only does it based on he't just uh, he can't just send an angel unless somebody's prayed unless somebody's asked unless somebody's spoken. And the Bible says he looks for an intercessor, he looks for a man to stand in the gap and say so and he doesn't just look in one generation.' he doesn't, he doesn't start looking the day before he knows you're going to jump. He starts looking uh, generations before for somebody that's spoken something. And did you know there are just lots and lots and lots of families where people, they've been walking without any revelation for hundreds and thousands of years. Hallelujah. And so there's, he can, he, there's literally families where he can go back and he can't find an intercessor. He can't find anybody to stand in the gap. And so uh, he's not all, he, but he always pre- protects to the full extent that he's able to. So we're going to give him a reason to be able to tonight. Amen. Oh to protect us. So the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he comes that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, um, abundant life. Turn to 2 Timothy 1 7. And we're just laying a little foundation tonight for what we're gonna do uh as far as prayer and, and uh getting ourselves um safe and secure. Second Timothy one seven for God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind anything that you've been feeling concerning fear any apprehension you've been feeling any dread you've been feeling or insecurity you've been feeling all of that's coming from the devil God's not given us the spirit of fear when I was just had a stronghold in my life from from a fear that that came from the devil it didn't come from God and I and then the how did I get it I got it by yielding to fear. I, fear came, the feelings of fear came, and I yielded to them. And it kind of—I uh, I looked back on it, and probably throughout my childhood, I might have given place to fear somewhat. But I never was a extremely fearful person. But, but we actually had a thunderstorm coming. It was the Saturday before Mother's Day. It was this huge thunderstorm coming from the northwest, and it was just a horrible cloud coming. And we were living in a mobile home. And uh, Pastor was farmer at that time, and he drove up just blaring into town like he always did about 80 mile an hour you know because we lived right on the edge of town who pulled in that driveway and I said let's get out of here and he said no I got chemical all over me he had treflin or something on him from because he was planting and uh he and he said I need to take a shower and that thing hit when he was in the shower of course and uh and it just beat the thunder out of uh, the mobile home that we were in. Big, large hail. You know, in West Texas, there's nothing for it to hail that big. You know, it doesn't. It, it does it yearly. It, you get a new roof. Just about every two or three years because it hails out there a lot. Um, They don't have as many tornadoes probably as you have here, but they always get the big hail. In fact, we have pictures that we got over the internet this year and, uh, it looked like, uh, it looked like a snowstorm in Wisconsin and it was like in June and it was this deep hail. It, It was just the whole road was covered. It looked like a snowstorm. It was just, it was, it was awesome looking really, but, um, it just shut down traffic and everything from between Seminole, Texas and Hobbs, New Mexico. And so um, anyway, in that, see, I just, you know that fear came and I gave place to it. I opened the door to it. I just bought into the system of fear. And so then the next time fear came, Based on that experience, here I react to it. And so for, pretty soon after reacting to fear several times, all of a sudden I've got a stronghold in my life. And I won't tell you the whole story how God delivered me, but he did, delivered me from a spirit of fear where thunderstorms were concerned. And uh, Proverbs twelve seven. I want you to look at this. Um, one of the things that... Um, <clears throat> I, this is a scripture that helped me so much and that I built my life upon many years ago. <laughs> Proverbs twelve seven. Now, do you understand that this is not hocus-pocus? Do you understand that we don't just go around quoting scriptures like they were incantations or something, and, and, and that makes them work for us? Kind of like Hail Mary, Mother of God, whatever they say. Hail Mary, Mother of God. They repeat themselves, Hail Mary, Mother of God. And I don't know what else they say, but I just know they keep going, Hail Mary, Mother of God, Hail Mary, Mother of God, Hail... Does anybody know that doesn't do anything? First of all, Mary can't help you. But number two, (laughs) I mean, they got the wrong God, you know. And uh, number, but number two, uh, even if Mary was the big cheese, which she's not, if you were saying Jesus, And you were just, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And, of course, there's power in the name of Jesus. And I always like to say, if you can't think of nothing else, say Jesus. But, but you know, there's more to it than just vain repetitions. This is not magic. This is not hocus pocus. This is not incantations that we're saying. In other words, what I'm saying is, you can't just take this word and just talk it. you got to believe it. Now, I had a lady actually ask me about this scripture. Let's look at it. 12.7 says, The wicked are overthrown and are not, but look at this, but the house of the righteous shall stand. Now this scripture is in there, and we know that every born again person. We've been studying spirit, soul, and body. We know every born again person is righteous. But you probably know some people that are saved. I actually know some that have had their house just blowed all to pieces, blown away. But you know, well, so why did their house not stand? Cause they didn't release faith in this scripture. The promise is there, but if you don't release faith in it. And I had a lady ask me one time. She said, "Now are you telling me?" She had an extreme fear of tornadoes, and and, uh, uh, and I had been delivered. This was after I had been delivered. And she said, so you're telling me if I just walk around my house saying this scripture, that it'll work? And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm telling you. Because if you're just walking around this, saying this scripture in fear, and you're not saying this scripture in faith, no, it doesn't work. We release faith in it. And see, we take the word of God and we build our faith. But this is a promise that helped me. The house of the righteous shall stand. Amen. Turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Glory to God. Praise God. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear. Now, we're all going to be confronted with the temptation to fear. Nobody is exempt. Now, you may not ever be, con- you may be so secure in some area that you're never really even confronted with the temptation to fear. But I guarantee you, everybody has some area that if the devil said it just right, or the right person said it, or the right person said it at the same time that the wind was blowing a certain way, or, you know, the right circumstances were, that the temptation to fear would come upon you. For some people, it's not. Not about weather. It's about they can they can get in a panic over finances. For some people, it's about it can be over you know their kids. You know uh, you know different people have a different uh, fear button. I guess you could call it. And the devil knows how to poke your fear button. Amen. And what you do is we have to build ourselves in the Word in the area uh, where we have fear. I don't know. I've never had a lot of fear where finances is concerned. And I've been through some tremendous battles financially, but I've just never feared that God wasn't going to take care of us some way or another. Now, I mean, I've had the, you know, a little thought every once in a while thinking, but you know, it just didn't ever take root in me where finances was concerned. But see, thunderstorms was my big thing for a while, for a while. And you know, other people may say, "Well, the weather just never crosses my mind." I don't even like Kevin. He don't even turn the TV on. He don't even watch the weather channel. Can you imagine? Hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah! You know, all of us we're just glued to the weather channel. And even in the restaurants today, they all had it on the weather channel. You know, every, every, every. You know, we're just watching Ivan, aren't we? We're, we're watching him. Okay, so Psalm twenty-three. The, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, all of the rest of the things we're going to find in this scripture are all based on the fact that the Lord is your shepherd. And it's all based on the fact that you know he is your shepherd. You have made Jesus Christ the shepherd, the bishop and shepherd of your sh- souls, is what the New Testament says. Number two, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside still waters. Not raging torrents of... Floodwaters, does he he restoreth my soul he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil you have to build yourself in this I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me and the valley of the shadow of death you may think that's some kind of circumstance in your life but actually that's just talking about this world This world is the valley of the shadow of death. Until Jesus comes back and we get in the millennial reign and we become into that place of perfect peace in the earth. This place is the valley of the shadow of death and we are all walking through it. And so even yea, though I... It's not talking about you having a a, an experience where you're close to death and you nearly die. And that God's with you when you're in this little valley. No, it's talking about just living in this earth. Yea, though I walk in this earth, it could have said that, but yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We need to just decide tonight. I'm not going to fear evil. I'm not going to fear the thief. I'm not going to fear his killing, his stealing and his destroying. I am not going to fear it. I will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd because I know the Lord. And he said there's two things there. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Actually, it's uh, thy rod. The rod is the word. The rod is the word. The rod is the word. The rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The staff is the Holy Ghost. If you read it in Psalm 23 in the Amplified, the multiple choice version, has some real good choices in that verse. Hallelujah. It says... Um, He says, yea, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil. For you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort me. The rod, the word of God to protect. See, your protection is in the word of God. And so Christians aren't protected that are even praying and saying, God be with us. God, go with us, but they're not putting any faith in the specific promises of God. They're not safe. And every day, people like that in this town are getting killed in car wrecks, running into trees and... Logs falling on them and I don't know what all, all the catastrophes, but we're not safe because if we are in, if we don't have the word, the word, now you don't have to have the whole thing, but you have to, you have to put your faith in the specific promises of God. And that's what keeps you safe. Psalm 23. It says, your rod to protect, your word to protect me, and your Holy Spirit, your staff to guide me. We know that the Holy Spirit's our guide. That makes perfect sense. He is our guide. And so it not only takes the word and releasing our faith in the promises, but we have to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit if we're going to be fully protected. Because the Holy Spirit may say, don't go down that road. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? He may say, "Don't go there." Like, for instance, the Holy Spirit might be telling you, "Don't go to Gulf Shores tomorrow." It'd be wise to to go the other way, wouldn't it? Amen. The Holy Spirit may be telling some of them down there, "Evacuate." Hallelujah. Because see how much God can protect us. Probably depends on our faith, how much we've developed it. You might because see some people are very presumptuous and they say, "Well, I heard the faith message. I'm just going to stay down here. I'm not evacuating." I'm just going to stay down here. I'm just going to, you know, but you know, and that can be very foolish because God not only uses his promises to protect us, he uses the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So we have to listen to the Holy Spirit inside of us and obey him also if we're going to have full protection. And so a lot of times what happens is people that are presumptuous and they're releasing their faith in the word but they're not listening to the Holy Spirit and they're saying well I prayed and I'm just not going, I'm staying. Well they, you know a lot of times they are spared where their life is concerned but sometimes it's like well I don't understand how come I got this broke arm. I don't understand how come I got this concussion because the the beam in the top of the house fell on top of me, you know, or something. You know, do you see what I'm saying? Because they just wouldn't listen even though God was able to spare their life because they wouldn't listen to Him. They went through some trouble that they would not have had to go through. And so we need to listen, amen? And God makes it plain to us, but we have to take the time to listen, and we can't override his counsel or reason it out. Did you ever want to reason something out? Did you ever be ten- I know we've reasoned things out before. Because sometimes you feel real foolish. I remember when we first got into this faith message type stuff, one night, we're just Colin was little. I think he was maybe three, three or four. No, we weren't even in this yet. We weren't even baptized in the Holy Ghost. But God was already, because t- I know that because Granny Hixie lived in Hawley and she, we didn't get baptized until so she moved. So it was at before he was three, he, maybe he was two or something. And one night we were going to Hawley about four hours away or three and a half, four hours from our house to visit Granny Hixie and Grand Grand. He came in from the farm and we're going to Hawley. But we get, we have this, uh, I have this, uh, feeling and he has a, uh, feeling. We're just Christians. We're not even baptized in the Holy Ghost. So we don't know to pray. We don't even really know to ask God. We just know we've got uh inside of us. So we stop at the Sonic in La Misa to eat, and uh, uh, to eat supper and think about it. So we're eating supper at the Sonic and we're thinking about it. And you know, we just said, it's just not worth it. Let's just turn around and go home. And so, you know, even us, just baby Christians, we turned around, we went home. The next morning we got up and went to Holly. And see Granny Hixie. But so even then, we're we're, we're learning at that young age in the Lord to follow the Holy Ghost. Amen? Not knowing why. And so a lot of times you reason it out, though, because you feel foolish. You're like, what can happen between La and Hawley? Nothing. You know, there won't even be three cars on the road. At night, you know, but there only has to be one drunk, doesn't there? Hallelujah. Okay, so turn to Isaiah chapter 8. So it takes it takes it two ways, <clears throat> Isaiah chapter eight. Hallelujah! And so submit yourself to God and ask Him. Now, Lord, have I done everything that I have felt any, you know, unction to do? And you know, just take some time to seek Him. Isaiah eight verse uh, twelve. And you know, sometimes there's not a lot of time. Sometimes you got to act quickly, don't you? Isaiah eight twelve. It says, um. Let me get this in the Amplified because I realize it does not say the same in the King James. It, It reads a lot easier in the Amplified on this one. Okay, do not call conspiracy or hard or holy. All that this people will call conspiracy or hard or holy. Now here's the part. Neither be in fear of what they fear. Don't be in fear of what they fear. You know, the the world is, and all of Alabama and all of Mississippi and all of Georgia and Florida are fearing this storm. He said, don't be in fear of what they fear. But listen to this, nor make others afraid and in dread. You know, we're not supposed to fear what they fear and we're not to go around making others afraid too. Family, don't make your kids afraid. Most people have planned. You know, if you have fear in you, it likely you got it from your parents. They planted it in you. And so don't make other people afraid. Don't make your kids afraid. Amen. Thank God. God protected my kids from my fear. Hallelujah. Isaiah 41.10. I'm going to read that in the Amplified. We do not fear. Isaiah 41.10. Such a good scripture here. Fear not. There is nothing to fear. For I am with you. Now that just kind of solves it, don't? Right there. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yea, I will help you. Yes, I will. I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. I like that. I'm going to read it again. Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Do not look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness Praise and justice. That's a good scripture. And then Isaiah 43, 1. I tell you, just reading these scriptures, you get, you just feel that, hey, all of a sudden confidence is, is, is really rising up in your heart. 43, 1 says, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. We are the redeemed. So we know this this scripture speaks of us too. We are redeemed. I have redeemed thee. We are his and he has called us by name. Hallelujah. So we're not going to fear, are we? Turn to Isaiah 54. 54, verse 14. It says, In righteousness shalt thou be established. We've just been learning that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We've spent... Eleven weeks studying spirit, soul, and body, and getting established that we have the right. We are the righteousness of God. Our spirit, man, we are righteous. Hallelujah! In righteousness, you thou shalt be established. You know, if you're not, if you don't know you're righteous, and you don't know it, you're not going to have a confidence that a person that knows they're righteous has. It establishes you. It just makes you know that you know. Uh, "...thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee." Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. See, they're right there. If we have that verse 25 or verse 15, it says, uh, you know, when you see something gather together, when you see something gather that's evil, that's come to kill, steal, and destroy, he said it right there. It didn't, co- it gathered together, but it didn't gather by me. I didn't cause it. I'm not doing it. Amen. We need to know that. Because if we think God's causing it, then we're not going to be confident in uh, we're going to be like that lady. What will be, will be. Our God's will be done, and this must have been God's will. Somehow he's working out his perfect plan. Somehow he's, you know, making me a better person by blowing my house away in a tornado. No. Hallelujah. Listen, if your house gets blown away, I'm staying mine's standing, but if it does, you ought to be mad as hops at the devil. I mean, if he blows over your lawn chair, you ought to be mad. Amen. know it's the devil. God's not blowing over and, and busting things up. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. In righteousness shalt thou be established. My house is standing, by the way. Hallelujah. <clears throat> in the Amplified, I like what it says in Isaiah 54. It says something that's very interesting. It says, You shall establish yourself in righteousness. See, it's up to us to establish ourselves in righteousness, rightness and conformity with God's will and order, and you shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction. Far from even the thought. Have you been having thoughts of destruction? You're not supposed to be. Establish yourself in righteousness and quit letting those thoughts come of destruction. Amen? Hallelujah. Turn to Job chapter three. Job chapter three, verse twenty-five. Job 3, 25 says, Job speaks this of himself, and you just got to remember he just lost his family, and he lost, and and all of this is a, about a tornado too, and uh, uh, it, it had tornado in, in in part of his losses. And so, verse twenty-five, he said, "For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of." is come unto me. He said in verse 26, I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. See, he wasn't in peace. He wasn't rest is faith. He says right there, I wasn't in faith. I wasn't in rest. He said, I didn't have peace. And what, and the thing that I feared most, it came right to me. See, fear will draw destruction to you. Fear will draw destruction to you. So that's why we cannot afford to have fear in our lives concerning uh, Ivan, hurricanes, tornadoes, because or, or, it will draw it right to us. What we fear most will come upon us. And you say, well, I just can't help it. I fear it. Yes, you can. You can refuse. You can just say, no, in Jesus' name, I will not. No, I do not fear. No, I do not fear. And, and you can just begin to, you're going to have to combat it. If you've let it get established in you, you'll have to combat it. And you combat it with the Word of God. And you combat it with your faith. And, and, um, and, 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 and you just put your faith on it and refuse to fear. Because um, fear is a choice. You know, the first time I feared, it was a choice I made concerning those thunderstorms. I didn't have to fear just because hail beat the roof off the house. Actually, we were still alive. And it was only just pouring water like a sieve, but, you know, hallelujah. But I didn't have to fear. No, hallelujah. But I, I chose it. I chose it right then, that night. Um, <clears throat> here, Here's what I want to talk about just for a second, and we'll go on, but... We have authority. We talked to, you know, we've studied this year believers' authority. That's another thing that we've established ourselves in, that we have authority. And we have authority to speak to hurricanes, to tornadoes, to speak to things. Um, and uh, we know, and, you know, there are many Christians in Florida with this same revelation. And I know they were speaking. But... And, you know, and I'm sure not every Christian was, but some of them were speaking, you know, to hurricanes. But here's the thing is, um, and, and I don't know why it's this way, but sometimes we can always speak when it comes to us and our house and our covenant and our family. And, and, and Pastor and I speak for our church family because you've joined yourself to us. We speak for... Thank you. Okay, so we can speak... Now, this will be good in the microphone. <laughs> 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 now, Tape will love that. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so we we can speak for ourselves. We can always, we always have dominion over ourselves and our property and our our church and our, we have dominion in those areas, but you've got to remember that there's a whole bunch of people in Alabama and all the southeast and all the weather channel and every newscaster and every weather meteorologist and so forth and because they have a flesh and blood body and they dwell in this earth there is a certain amount of authority that they too have in the earth and because they're speaking ivan the terrible and the things that they're speaking they're drawing that hurricane and you know so here's the thing We can be safe in the midst of the storm. We can't always stop it for every neighbor and every, you know, I'd like to just say when well, we're going to stop it for the whole, it's going to go around Tuscaloosa and it may hit Birmingham. And, you know, I've been even hesitant to speak to it. I I just don't feel led to say move west and kill everybody in Mississippi, you know. I just think that's wrong for us to pray. I pray that hurricane, move west. I pray that hurricane, move east, you know. You know, poor Florida, you know. I just, that's not Right. So, what we've got to do is speak to it. All we can do is say, so I've been telling it, you cease and desist, you fall apart. you you know, do you see what I'm saying? So all we can do is is, is believe God and begin to speak that it 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 uh what do you call it? it? It's going down anyway, going down. And I think it has actually gone to a three now. Is that we did you all hear that? Y'all didn't hear that. Well, maybe I misunderstood, but I think I heard on some stage, and it went to a three. Anyway, it's, it went from a five to a four, and we know that. And so uh, I don't know why it is that we, maybe we haven't developed our authority enough. Maybe we, I don't know what it is, but I just know that sometimes we are not able to get it for everybody else, but you can get it for yourself. And you can get it for your family and you can get it for your property and you can get it for your church family. You can get these things for those that are walking by faith and, and you can, you can get in there. And then many, and many times you can get it for other. If anybody will get in neutral, you can get it. I mean, even if they're not in faith, if they're just in neutral, you can get it for them too. But if they're bound and determined that Ivan the terrible is going to get them, then they can draw it to themselves. Do y'all see what I'm saying? And so uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And I said that based on uh, uh, Job chapter 3 that we just read there. What they greatly fear uh, many times comes upon them. Hallelujah. You know, if we had complete authority, but even Jesus did not have this kind of authority in the earth where he could just say, well, you know, there will be absolutely no accidents in Jerusalem ever again while I'm here. You know, he was not, he cannot, we could, if we had the complete authority, we could say, well, you know, there'll never be another car wreck in Tuscaloosa County, but we don't have that complete of authority, but we do have authority in our own lives. Amen. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, and this is a familiar scripture to you. This is how you got saved for by grace. Are you saved? Through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God. Uh, that word um, "saved" there is uh, 4982 in the Strong's Concordance, and it's the Greek word "sozo." It is uh, we know that, and so we're familiar with that. So far by grace are you sozoed, um, and it's it mean, it means more than for by grace are you saved and going to heaven. It means that you are safe. It means delivered. Protected, it means healed, preserved, to do well, to make whole. All of that is in Sozo, and so we don't just get saved to go to heaven by grace through faith. We get delivered, healed, set free by grace through faith. In other words, it's going to take our faith, and we've been. And he said that's the gift of God. That you've been given faith. You have a gift from God. You have faith is the gift of God. You have enough faith right in here. Right in you right now to be protected. Hallelujah. It's the gift of God. So by grace through faith. Hallelujah. We can't get puffed up. Oh we're the faith people in town. So we're protected. No it was a gift of God. It was a gift. And the fact you even know you got it is a gift too. It's just His grace. It's just his grace, Hallelujah. So <clears throat> we we're safe if we use our faith. And see, a lot of people that explains why some people get hurt is because they're using their faith and they think their only thing Ephesians two eight works for is to get to heaven. So they've been rele- You know, they have already released their faith for that, but they never take it any further. Wouldn't have any problems in the earth if God was in control. Wouldn't many drug dealers? Wouldn't anybody shot in Birmingham tonight? Like there is every night. If God was in control, God's not in control. He will be in the millennial reign, but he's not. Hallelujah. He's not even in control of the Christian's life. Because you, he's giving you the authority in the earth. Okay, turn to 1 Peter 1. We're winding down here, kinda. We're getting to the last half of the page, is what that means. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. (coughs) Says, uh, I like this scripture. Now I, I really use this scripture who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. You know how we're kept? I'm kept by the power of God through faith. Hallelujah. The power of God will keep me if I put my faith in the power of God to keep me. And so tonight we're putting our faith in the power of God to keep us. Hallelujah. Putting our faith in the word of God which says the house of the righteous will stand. Amen. Amen hallelujah and we've worked this i know a tornado came to hinton place right where we live and uh pastor we've got pictures of it uh he's standing outside the back door and taking pictures of it coming just right to and he he was commanding that thing to lift up over us and it lifted up now it tore up the whole back half of the our first front half of the neighborhood but uh You know, it lifted up at our house. And the worst it did to us, throw the lawn chairs in the swimming pool. And uh, praise God. So we know this works. We've worked it. We've worked it. I know when I'm on the interstate driving, especially, I do this even if we're just driving. But, boy, if it's really raining or something, I pray and I say, Lord, you clear a path before us. I ask the Lord to clear a path before us. And I tell you, he just clears it out. You know? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so this stuff works, and you know that. And that um, that tornado, it came to Hinton Place. It lifted up over us, went to Hillcrest. Me- Hillcrest, where did we used to live? Yes. Hillcrest Meadows. I and we had just moved from Hillcrest Meadows just like six months before. Hillcrest Meadows to Hinton Place, and I said, you know, the devil's trying to kill us, and he couldn't remember where we lived. <laughs> he didn't know. He couldn't remember which neighborhood it was. He just knew it was over there somewhere, uh, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. I guarantee you, if he could have, he would have. Amen. Did you know, I'm not trying to be prideful or anything, but God will send a tornado just to root you out. (laughs) Excuse me. The devil will send a tornado just to root you out. Forgive me. That was a slip of the tongue. I don't believe that. But anyway, the devil will send a tornado. You may may not think you're that important, but because you are carrying a very important message in this town, that the devil wants to stop, you may think, you know, it's not really private to know, you know, this tornado was all about me. This tornado was all about some of y'all. Hallelujah. And this hurricane <coughs> is all about what God wants to do in the state of Alabama. Amen. He just wants to make God look bad. Because, you know, there's probably about 3 million people in this state that will say an act of God. You know, and he's just trying to make God look bad. Hallelujah. Okay, for, did we get that? Okay, Psalm 56.3. We've got a couple more scriptures and then we'll be through. Psalm 56.3. We've got to let them get through with their gospel bill anyway. Hallelujah. Psalm 56.3. Now this is real simple. This is very simple. You know what do you do if you're afraid? What if you do if you have those feelings of fear? Cuz you may have those feelings of fear. <clears throat> what time I am afraid? I will trust in thee it 's real simple it 's a you, you know you have that feeling of fear, you just make a decision right there no i 'm going to trust in him, and you just make a no, I will not fear. I had a feeling no, I will not fear. I put my trust in God. the house of the righteous will stand uh, and you just you just right there confront it at that very moment that feeling of fear and don 't take it like I did that many long years ago when I didn't know better, but no, what time I am afraid, David said, no, I will put my trust in him. You can't stop a feeling of fear from coming. They'll get where they come last as you get more and more established in righteousness, but you cannot stop a feeling of fear from coming, but you can say, no, I put my trust in him. Now turn to Psalm 91, Psalm 91. This is where we always go and pray this over ourselves. You know, I, 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 it depends, I try to be led by the Spirit, but I go through seasons while I read this every day, and if you have a propensity towards fear, if fear is a problem in your life, fear of anything, then you need to get in this and you need to stay in it till you don't have those you don't have that anymore, that stronghold of fear. but after you 've established yourself in righteousness, then i 'm just led by the Spirit, and some days I read this in my morning time when i 'm with the lord, i 'll read this and confess it over myself, but it says um uh, he that, Well, I'm going to read it in the Amplified first, and then we'll confess it. Let's go in the Amplified first and then confess it. In the, I can't confess it in the Amplified. It's too wordy. I can't do it here anyway. I might could do it at home where it didn't hurt if it was messy. Um, but in the Amplified it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose, fo- whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge and my fortress. My God on him, I lean and rely, and in him I confidently trust. Um, that's what's very important is that verse 2. He tells us how to be under the shadow of the Almighty. It's, how, it's if we're saying of the Lord. And, you know, Christians need to say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. Not just, well, I'm trusting in the man upstairs and, oh, God, look after us. No, there's, it, there's a promise here. I say of the Lord. There's a, you know, there's, a, there's not a confidence in, oh God, look after us. Oh God, watch after us. There's not a, but there's a confidence in, I say of the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. It, um, And my God, on him I lean and rely and in him I confidently trust. Uh, For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and buckler. His truth is his word and that's what's our shield. That's what's our buckler is his word. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day. Day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand but it shall not come near you only a spectator shall you be yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the most high isn't that nice to be inaccessible to the devil as your witness as you witness the reward of the wicked you know in the king james there in verse 7 it says um uh, <coughs> this is a big clue here that 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 at times we're going to have to we will be protected when everybody else around us is not protected. In verse 7, you can see that. He said, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. And then look at verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Uh, (coughs) The wages of sin is death. Death's out. God's not sending death to him, but death's death's already in the world. It's already out there. He don't have to send it. It's there. And unless you get in the secret place, you're out in this world. You're in the valley of the shadow of death. And so um, and if you don't get in the secret place, you're going to see death. And so as long as until Jesus comes back, we're going to see death all around us. You're going to see car wrecks. You know, when I see a car wreck, I say, I, I really think of this. I say, you know, only with my eyes do I behold this only with my eyes, but it cannot come near me. And it's important that we keep our faith released in this because I'll tell you, you can let up and you can let a door be open. You, I, and i tell you, a Christian in sin, a Christian in sin has a door open to the devil. He's not; He doesn't have a right to come, but he'll take an opportunity if you give him one. Any opportunity. It's kind of like at our house, about two years ago, we left the door open from the garage into the house. I don't remember what we were doing but seemed like we might be airing out the smoke from (laughs) something I burned (laughs) or something. And so we just left that garage door open and you know it wasn't a couple of days till we had a mouse in the house. That little booger, he took opportunity and he just walked right in the door and made himself a home. And I hate mice with a passion. And uh, anyway, but, you know, he didn't have a right to come. That's my house. He had, that mouse has no right to abide in my house, but he took opportunity. And that's the way the devil is. He has no right to come even to a Christian who's in sin, but he'll take an opportunity. Because, see, when you get in sin, you're in his territory. You're in his territory. And so he may take opportunity on you. And so it's important that if we don't let, and then that doesn't mean, sometimes attacks don't come. I mean, don't feel condemnation if you've had an attack and say, I must have been in sin. And everybody in the church is going to think I'm in sin. No, we don't think that. Because sometimes the devil just comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. He'll come to try to hinder your faith. He'll come to try to, to stop you in your faith walk. But we just know that that's one reason He comes is sometimes when we... And when we let our faith guard down and we just go to sleep on God, you know. God tells us throughout the New Testament, He says, be alert. Watch and pray. You know, if that must mean that when we get off of alert... You know, when He says in Peter... This is really... <laughs> getting uncomfortable in my place. But anyway, uh, He says in Peter, He says... Uh, he says to be alert be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walketh out around as a roaring lion whom, seeking whom he may devour so we have to be sober we have to be vigilant i know i've gone to sleep before and something snuck up on me you know nothing nothing destructive but to me i mean just a sore throat is like devil how'd you get in Because I have, I'm believing for divine health. Amen. I can't remember if I'm reading in the Amplified or the King James. (laughs) Okay, Amplified. Okay, uh, number nine, verse nine. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High, your dwelling place, there shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. Our dwelling, the King James says, for he will give his angels a special, a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. Now I just don't, I just don't hesitate on this. I just ask the Lord, Lord, give your angels charge over me. I say, Lord, give your angels charge over my children. Give your angels charge over my grandchildren. Hallelujah. Uh, And they shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. That's speaking of the devil. Because we set our love upon the Lord, because he has set his love upon me. That's you setting your love upon him. Therefore, he will deliver me. You set him on high. You set us on high we, because we know your name and understand your name. We have a personal knowledge of your mercy, love, and kindness. Trust and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With well, long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And so we know that we have protection because we set our love upon him. Hallelujah. So do you have Psalm 91 open? Hallelujah. Can we confess this together? Hallelujah. Out of the King James Bible. If you don't have King James, do the best you can. Hallelujah. How am I going to do this? Pastor, you're better at this than I am. Now, I'm going to do this in the first person, okay? Can y'all do it with me in first person? Okay. Ready, begin. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, In you do I trust. Surely you deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You cover me with your feathers and under your wings I trust. Your truth is my shield and my buckler. I will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me." Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked, because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, my habitation. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. You give your angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. They bear me up in their hands. I do not dash my foot against a stone. I tread upon the lion. And the adder, the young lion, and the dragon I trample underfoot. Because I have set my love upon you, therefore he delivers me. You set me on high because I have known your name. I call upon you and you answer me. You are with me in trouble. You deliver me and honor me, and with long life you satisfy me and show me your salvation. Hallelujah. Y'all did, we did so good to have all versions of the Bible and to be translating this into a whole different. But that's how you make it yours. That's how you put yourself in it. And you say it with faith and you say it with confidence. Hallelujah. How Hallelujah. And you're safe and you're protected. And I use this, I use this. I thank the Lord you know, his angels, I just throughout the day, you know, even though I may not be quoting the whole scripture, I'll say, Lord, thank you that you've given your angels charge over me. You know, thank you for your angels, just being grateful to him. And you know, if I see a cemetery, I say, I use the last verse, I always say, oh, thank God you satisfied me with long life. You know, a cemetery is just a sign that says, be sure and thank me for long life. Thank me for health. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, let's stand up together. I don't know about you, but just going over this tonight has just, ain't scared, yeah, just gave me fresh confidence in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you may see some things. You may see some things going on. You may hear some things on the weather. You may, you know, you may look out and look at trees and look at rain, but it'll not come near you. Nothing destructive can come near you. Amen. You're safe. You're protected. And tomorrow at work, when you're not scared, ain't scared, well, when you're not, they'll say, well, why aren't you worried? Why aren't you upset? Well, you can tell them because I just put my faith in Psalm 91 or something, whatever God leads you to say. Hallelujah.